Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. As always, I'm your, sh- your host, Chuck Peters, if I can pronounce the words. that there's still That's still who I am, whether I can pronounce it or not. And I'm so glad to have you listening today. We are recording this episode at the Etch Next Gen Ministry Conference, which is our conference. When I say our, is a conference put on by Lifeway Kids and Lifeway Students here in our hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. And we are recording here at Etch. And so if you hear noise behind us. It's because we're not in the studio. We're in a hallway and people are about to let out for lunch and it could get a little busy really Mm -hmm. soon. So if you hear that noise, it's because we're at Etch. If you're not at Etch, why not? You should be here. (laughs) And so you can find out information about Etch at etchconference.com. That's etchconference.com. And so if you are in preschool kids or student ministry, you really do belong here. We have attendees from all over the country, from all kinds of different churches who are coming together with their teams to come together with other teams and with our teams here at Lifeway. So we are here at Etch. I'm here with uh, Jana Magruder, my co-host. Hey, Jana. Hello. Happy to be here. It's another Etch. Isn't it awesome? Yes. Always love the etch time of year. We're on day two. So you and I put a lot of work in on the front side of planning for etch and working. And we have a team who really does the hard work of that. And so our training and events team led by Melita Thomas and Kimberly um, Kimberly Bennett and Delany Williams and Trey Garza, just incredible people yes. who invest in making this event happen. That, But it's so great to be here. And we've done this together now for almost 10 years. 10 years. Which is crazy. Yes, it is. Yeah. I was telling somebody before I was really young and cool when I came to Lifeway and now I feel so tired. <laughs> you're still cool. I don't know about young, but you're still oh, cool. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take that. But see, here's my segue. Speaking of young and cool, yes. our guest Great today segue. is the one, the only Tega Fafa. Tega, hey, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. First time on the podcast. Yes. My first time. I'm and, excited. And so Tega, you mm. work on hi-fi in yes. the student space. Yes. Yes. And so we are so excited to have you. How long mm. have you been with the Lifeway team now? Ooh, it's about a little over six months. Okay. Yeah, so, so like pretty, pretty baby. Still a little fresh yeah. to the Lifeway scene. <laughs> this is your first time at Etch. Yes. Hi-Fi is brand new. Very new. We're getting so much great response in mm. the preschool kids and student spaces yes. for what we're doing with Hi-Fi. Mm. And you are a key contributor to the Hi-Fi mm. student resource. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's been cool. So my role is I'm the brand owner and content editor for Hi-Fi. And so getting to step into this space and kind of look at, hey, what is going on culturally that students need to hear, that they need to know about, that they're wrestling with? And how can the church come alongside and say, hey, Jesus sees you. God knows what you're walking through. And the church wants to walk with you and what you're walking through. So it's been cool. It's been fun. Well, we have not had a lot of time to spend together. What I want to talk about today, Mm -hmm. what we want to discuss is the importance of kids ministry Mm -hmm. and students ministry leaders knowing each other and working together and being for each other. And so, although we don't know each other well, I want to model for our (laughs) listeners what it looks like Mm. to connect with our leaders who are in other spaces. We we really need to be together as one. And one Mm. of our Lifeway values is we're better together. True. And so I think that's true in the church as well. Yes, I agree. I agree. So part of what that has just like looked like is, you know, knowing that kids will eventually go to a student space one day that we all grow up, we all get older, we all get wiser. And so what is it look like for the church we all get older we don't all get wiser (laughs) praying for that praying for wisdom for all of us (laughs) 
But one of, the, one of the cool things is that as one body, we get to operate and how can we be stronger together? And yeah. so what does it look like to have a great like baton pass between kids and students? And what does it look like to love our kids so well that when they get to student ministry, they don't step away or they, they want to continue to dive into that relationship with God and, and figure out how God can actually be pertinent and relevant to their lives. And that so. handoff between kids and student ministry can be like, you know, you see the, the T-shirts and the things from London that says mind the gap. Yeah. Right. You don't want to fall in the crack. And yeah. so it can be so easy for kids or for families to churn out of a church mm-hmm. when they hit those points of transition, right. either from preschool to kids, but more commonly from kids into the student space yes. where they may leave and go to another student ministry across town mm-hmm. and the family leaves church yes. or the church yeah. or a church. And mm-hmm. so for us to be tight with our student leaders mm-hmm. or as kids ministry leaders, mm-hmm. it's so key that we be, uh, that we really speak highly of one another and that we uh, are for each other. True. I agree. So Tika, we want to hear a little bit about your story. Yeah. So fill us in on your background. How did you, how has the Lord, uh, what kind of life has you, have you had and yeah. what led you ultimately to join our team just a few months ago? Yes. So my name is Tega Fafa, but my full name is Ogunit Tega Fafa. So I'm Nigerian. And so part of my story is that my mom came to the States when she was pregnant with me and we landed in New York, but then landed in Georgia. And so we, we made our way here. And part of my history is that I had grown up going to all kinds of churches, whether it was like mm-hmm. Methodist or Baptist, Protestant, Jehovah's Witness, at some point in time, just all over the map. And so uh, I'd always been a curious kid, wasn't really sure what I believed, but I knew that church was like kind of integral in our lives. We just kind of went. I don't know if we necessarily followed, but we went. Mm-hmm. And so there came a point in time where I was going through health scares, um, different things in my life that were just pivotal. And then beyond that, like going through certain addictions, trying to figure out my identity and like boys and life and all of the things as you do when you're like just a kid and a teenager, yeah. just trying to figure things out. And it wasn't until I was 15 and uh, we had moved churches. We finally moved. And I I heard for the first time a message that made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those pivotal moments where I realized that, wow, like God is near. And so I decided when I was about 15 that I I wanted to put my faith in Jesus, but I didn't understand the idea of relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so it was really performative for honestly, a lot of years uh, between 15 and 18 and a half, where I just kind of went through the motions. I was that kid in small group where I gave you all the good answers. Like Uh I was like, you know, they'd ask a question. I'd be like, yeah, this is the answer. And my small group leader would be like, she gets it, but I didn't get it. And so it wasn't until college where the Lord really just did a work in me a radical work in me where I'd gone through, I'd gotten to such a low point that I realized that I need something bigger than myself. I decided that it was time for me to step into something bigger than myself, which was really following Jesus and wanting to live a life of what he's called me to Mm -hmm. and seeing that, Hey, he is literally the blueprint. And so following his footsteps can change everything for me. So I started interning as at a church. Um, I also was a neuroscience pre-med kid. And so I studied neuroscience. Let's not miss that. (laughs) Like you are super smart and well-educated. Yeah, we try. We try. So um, I studied neuroscience as a pre-med kid, um, but I was also interning at the church because they told me, look good on med school applications. And the Lord's funny. You are... You're an Enneagram four. Yes. You are an artist. Yes. You do spoken word. Yes. You write poetry. Right. And so neuroscience it just a, seems like so the it felt opposite. like not to, to bash on anyone who studies neuroscience or science, but for me, it felt like jail. Um, because uh, 
it was one of those things where I was good at math and science, whatever. My heart came alive in the creative. I was all, I've also yeah. played cello for over 13 years. Wow. And also so like did chorus and all that. So like I always did the arts, but you know, I came from a family where it was like, hey, doing math and science will get make you money. Ministry's right. nothing, right? Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always what I heard. And so I got to my senior year of college where I had a mentor really sit with me and say, Hey, are you going to follow where the Lord is leading you? Or are you going to create your own path? Wow. And it challenged me because I was like, ah, what if God knows more than I do? Funny thought. What if? And so I told the Lord, hey, I'm going to apply for grad school. I'm going to go to seminary. And if I get in, then I'm going into ministry. And if I don't, then we'll figure it out from there. And I ended up getting into seminary. So I went to Dallas Theological for two years, got my Mm -hmm. master's last year. And here we are. And so in the meantime, I'd been working as a creative director and asked the Lord for an opportunity to step into something bigger than myself. I wanted to bring creativity to the church in a fun way and somehow stumbled upon Lifeway. And now I'm here. So, (laughs) and I love, listen, I love the multi-giftedness that you bring is amazing, especially for a product like Hi-Fi. Yeah. But I also love that you are a Gen Z young woman. Yeah. And so you are actually in the audience Mm -hmm. that you're developing content for. Yes. How has that helped you develop this sort of from the ground up? Yeah. Wow. That's a good question. So with Hi-Fi and just with speaking to Gen Z, I found that part of my issue when I was a middle schooler and high schooler, and even as a kid in church, is that it felt like church was speaking a language that I could not understand. Uh It felt very foreign. It felt very um, Christianese. And I, I felt like I couldn't grasp it. And so what's been cool about writing content with Hi-Fi students and just with Hi-Fi in general is that I, I finally get to, to speak to the person that I wish spoke to me yeah, and kind of break this language gap. Because Gen Z, as you guys know, through all the studies, even through Flip the Script, we've just learned that the way yeah. that you have to speak to this generation is just different. It is. Yep. You have to sit with them. You yeah. have to ask questions. And it's not about telling them the right thing to do. How do you model that for them? Yeah. And then how do you say it in a way that says like, hey, I actually see what you're going through and I'm not going to just like put a bandaid over your problems. I want to actually say that God actually has something to say in the midst of your problems and he sees you and he knows you and he loves you. And so I feel like that has all impacted how content has just been delivered. That's awesome. So yeah, as we minister to kids today, Mm -hmm. Gen Z and generation alpha coming right on their heels. As you said, it's different Mm -hmm. than a lot of us. Their parents are millennials, these younger kids in our Mm -hmm. ministries, which is hard to believe (laughs) because for a lot of us, millennials are still young people, right? But it just emphasizes how important it is for us not to do what just comes naturally and is comfortable to Mm. us, but to learn the language Mm. to figure out how we can come alongside and what we've learned through all of our research and what we know Mm -hmm. anecdotally and experientially is that relationship is so key to reaching this generation. Mm -hmm. Huge. It's, I mean, you see that nowadays, like kids are super connected, Yeah. not with one another per se, but with all the things that are going on in the world, yeah. social media and the YouTube and all the things that they're just super like engaged with mm-hmm. to the point where it's it's easy for them to miss out on relationship with one another and how they do life with one another. And so the more that, you know, as parents, as leaders, as the more that we can sit with our kids and learn from them and allow them to be be students of our kids, honestly, yeah. mm-hmm. the more that we can be students of our kids the more that we can grow in understanding that relationship and then point them to the one they should have relationship with. And that really means that we need to be a different kind of leader. That may not be something that's comfortable for all of us, Mm -hmm. especially if you've been in ministry for 
a number of years already, yes. we kind of have our play that we run, mm-hmm. right? And so those um, the wheel tracks can mm-hmm. become ruts if yeah. we're not careful. Yes. And we need to be careful not to get stuck in a rut because yeah. we can't just do what we've always done mm-hmm. and have it work. And so mm-hmm. w- one of the little catchphrases that I keep in my head mm-hmm. and that I have been challenging, encouraging leaders with uh, now is we to reach this generation, mm-hmm. we need to be less presentation mm-hmm. and more conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I cannot stress enough how important those conversations are and inviting and really celebrating the fact that kids and students are asking questions mm-hmm. like now more than ever. It's so funny. I was talking. My brother is like he's on that cusp of Gen Z and Gen Alpha. Yeah. And so it's easy. It, it's easy for me to be like, oh, you ask so many questions for an age where their Google is a thing like you can find an yes. answer. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's so many questions that like they are really struggling with. And the more that we dismiss their questions, the more that they're going to run to anywhere and everywhere to find a solution and they will find it somewhere and they'll find it somewhere and so the more that we can sit with them and and even use the phrase that that is scary for some of us to use which is i don't know yeah using i don't Mm -hmm. know and and saying hey let's discover the answer together hey like let's let's actually like follow the trail in which our questions lead like Mm -hmm. let the more that we can sit and have those conversations and not talk at students and kids but talk with them it invites them to to have this uh, this joy that comes with the curiosity of life yeah so so going back to kind of the purpose of etch where Mm -hmm. we're bringing together next gen teams Mm -hmm. we're we're hoping that we can kind of pull down silos and yeah. the kids ministry team and the student ministry team yeah. can work together. Mm-hmm. So you on the student ministry side, mm-hmm. you're working with leaders, you're working with students. What would be your message to kids ministry leaders mm-hmm. in terms of what can they be doing that really sets up the student minister for success? Yeah, I would say that the more that we can invite real life like conversations and kids environments the better it will be when they walk into students ministry because they have the precedent that I can ask hard things and I can talk about hard things I think that I I mean I've sat with and I've worked in kids ministry for some time and I think there's an assumption that kids don't know as much as they do yeah Mm -hmm. there's this assumption that that kids shouldn't know things or like oh there's no way they don't really hear about that until middle school or they don't hear about that till high school they they've heard about it yeah like if they're in school or or they're around people or they you know know that tv is a thing like they have heard about it yeah and so the safer we can make it in kids environments for them to say like oh this is like something i heard at school or this is something Mm -hmm. like the more that we can create safety for them to discuss those things the more they can step into student ministry and honestly help lead the charge in their small groups and, Mm -hmm. and with other kids around them to say that hey like we actually talked about this in kids ministry and i'm not scared of this topic yeah And so I I think that's something that's huge and helpful. Another like little tangible thing that I would say is to continue having fun with your your kids. Mm -hmm. I I cannot stress like I I even think that it's important in adult ministry for us to have fun. Yes. Yeah. I I stress that so much (laughs) because I love fun and I love joy. And I think that there has to not be this tension of like kids ministry is fun. And then as you get older, it becomes more dull. Less and less fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so <laughs> continuing to have that and uh, having kids who are excited about Jesus and excited about learning and 
just keeping that excitement alive in all stages is helpful. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think, well, I was just going to follow up and say, I think that first point of get the conversation started earlier. Yes. And even just the precedence of, of having those small group discussions, not just focused on learning the content, mm-hmm. doing a follow-up mm-hmm. activity yes. or game or craft. All mm-hmm. of those are good things. Mm-hmm. But starting to help them practice yeah. talking to one another, mm-hmm. talking to their leaders mm-hmm. and having those kinds of discussions, because that's what you do, yes. hopefully and student ministry right and not knowing that when the lord is with you like all like things can happen i think there's a lot of fear from leaders at times of like uh are they too young to hear this like mm-hmm. what happens if i say this like am i opening a can of worms that like might be too early yeah, yeah. and i think obviously walking with discernment and wisdom in those conversations is helpful yes but the church bringing it up first and the church being the safe space for them to talk about those things changes everything yeah absolutely so yeah kids get older younger oh absolutely right they are being exposed to things all kinds of things that younger ages. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be aware of that as leaders. We at our church, and I know this is a little bit of a trend in a lot of churches. Mm -hmm. We, you know, a lot of, a lot of churches have kindergarten through sixth grade Mm -hmm. and one big group. We have broken out the fourth, fifth, and sixth into their own area. Uh, The fourth and fifth in particular, I guess six would go up to middle school at our, at our church. But Mm -hmm. with those older kids, Mm -hmm. we can have a different sort of conversation. It's not just doing a craft, Mm -hmm. right? We have the same large group content, but when we go to that small group time, it's more discussion oriented mm-hmm. uh, and we get them talking a bit more, right? Mm-hmm. To process mm-hmm. this content, to ask those questions. And it does yeah. take a different awareness and a special type of leader to be able to do that. But yeah. uh, that is not only important for the kids, mm-hmm. but to, in that transition to get ready towards, towards student ministry, where there's yeah. a lot of sitting in circles yes. and having conversations, whether it's on the couches or wherever, yeah. you know, wherever students gather these days yeah. uh, <laughs> to, so that those kids are comfortable talking. Right. That's a great word. Right. That's awesome. Well, so let's talk about connecting our teams. Mm. So we've gotten to know you and I know there's a lot more about you, Tega, that we yeah. haven't had time to get to, <laughs> but uh, the you know, we mentioned the idea that we as kids and student ministry leaders, mm-hmm. we really need to know each other. Right. And I think there's a lot of student ministers mm-hmm. in churches and kids ministers who they may have completely different wings yeah. that they're in. The kids space is way over here on mm-hmm. the East campus and the student space mm-hmm. is in maybe a different building on the other side of the campus. Mm-hmm. And, and so unless we're intentional about seeking each other out, mm-hmm. we might not have just natural organic interactions. Yeah. And so what can we do as yeah. the kids leader who typically mm-hmm. eh, not to typecast or stereotype yeah. might be a little bit older, yeah. maybe a little more mature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What can we do as kids leaders to reach out mm-hmm. to our student leaders mm-hmm. in a way that's not weird right. or yes. awkward Whatever or the age gap may be. Whatever that yeah. is. I mean, cause you could have a, um, an intern or a junior leader or a yeah. coordinator sure. that could be any age mm-hmm. and a student pastor that could be older and vice versa. But oftentimes You're a young we're leader. different phases of life, different totally. places to so be. So just minding the age gap in general, what are some ways that are just easy connections to start those relationships? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that the more personally for me, the more that I remember that we are one body. Yeah. With, with, 
various functions, the more I can realize that like I need kids ministers and, and kids ministry as much as, you know, adult ministry. Like we yeah. all have to do this together. And so I think practically once a month, your kids teams and your student teams, like your next gen team as a whole should be doing something together that is has nothing to do with ministry. Top golf. That's and good. for some of us, just it. this yeah, idea, yeah. Great idea, just the idea of a next gen team and maybe something that our church doesn't have in place. Yeah. So if our church has that, maybe it's a little more natural to get there. Yeah, but if yeah. you don't, we can still initiate that. Yes, right. Where we absolutely. can say, Hey, let's take get once a month and let's go to top. Like you said, yeah. top golf. I don't want to miss yeah. that. Yeah. Like literally going out and doing things in which you guys like have fun, even if it's like a, Hey, we do an escape room and you mm-hmm. split and you have like two people from student team, two people from kids team. And like you split you off mix the teams up a little bit and you guys get to work together because the more that we can do life together, the yeah. more that we realize that like, Hey, we're actually, no matter what our ages, no matter what we've experienced, we're a lot more closely related than than we think we are. That's one thing. I think another thing is that the church as a whole has to sit together as a whole and figure out, Hey, what are some things that we can do together to point like where we're all like kind of streamlined and how we want to approach something. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's like a, Hey, once a year we're doing a fall event or so where like the entire church is like doing this thing together. I think the more that we can do things together, the more that we can kind of walk together in this journey of figuring out ministry. Because every, I mean, kids ministry, student ministry, adult ministry, we all have our own problems and issues. Right. And so I think the more that we can sit with each other and see those things, the more that we can help each other in all those things. And so I, when I first started in ministry mm-hmm. as a younger guy, mm-hmm. I was a youth pastor. Yeah. And so I've d- done students, mm-hmm. did that for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of time, God led me to kids ministry. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've been for quite a while. Yeah. So I kind of can understand both worlds. Right. There's a lot of us who maybe can't. Right. And so I think something that I would encourage our listeners to do Mm -hmm. is give the benefit of the doubt to the person in the other space. Yes. Right. Because there's a lot of times that we and even being trying to be playful that the student ministry can kind of poke fun at the kids ministry or the Mm -hmm. kids can poke fun at the student ministry leaders. and maybe there are moments for things like that, but I really want to encourage leaders to instead Mm -hmm. be a champion for the other leader. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then that's, that also, you know, comes hand in hand with knowing one another. Yeah. Right. Because the more separate you are from someone else, the more room there is for assumption, the more room that there is for like, I don't really know them. And so it's easy for me to just make comments. Yeah. And so the more that we sit and do life together, the more it's like, no, I'm not. That's just not the kids team or that's not just the students team. That's my friend. Yeah. And so I want to go to bat for my friend. I want to get to know my friend and I want to uplift them. I want to celebrate what they're doing. But also, like, I want to be able to be a partner with them in what they're doing because we're doing it together. And so I think it's getting to know the team that may be down the hall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you have got to go teach a breakout. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) let me just close by saying thank you for all of your work Mm -hmm. on Hi-Fi. You have done a lot in the short six months that you have been here. And let me say thank you as a mom, Mm -hmm. because my two teenagers are doing Hi-Fi at our church, Hi-Fi students. And so they have loved it. Uh, I have watched the groups engage with the videos. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are part of those videos. And I know that (laughs) you are... Um, the creative power behind uh, the messaging. And so mm-hmm. thank you so much thank for, you. for your work on that mm-hmm. and for uh, just your tireless mm-hmm. effort to, to put this out there mm-hmm. and, and make it happen. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, do you guys mind if I just 
pray over your listener? Oh, please do. Please. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'd love to just close in that. Hmm. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for the person on the other end of this. God, I thank you for the work that they're doing. God, I thank you that you have given them a heart and a mind to see your people, to see your children. God, for the one who's weary, who's not sure what to do next, to who feels this tension of God, like I, I, I just show up, but I, I don't know what to do. God, I thank you that you're a God who says, hey, all you need to do is show up and I'll take care of it. God, may you just put wind in, in their sails and remind them that you see them, that you hear them, that you're with them. And that you want to continue to walk alongside them in the day to day. God, for the student ministry uh, mm-hmm. leader and the kids ministry leader who who wants to know how do we work together? How do we how do we love on these kids together? God, may may they just be reminded that we are one body, one mm-hmm. body who is united in you. And so may you be the guiding force and may we remember that Jesus is the one who brings us all together. And because you are the one who brings us all together, we can do all things through you. Yes. God, I, I thank you, and and we just love you so much, and I pray that all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Cool. from High <laughs> Five Students, thank you so much for thank being you. with us. Thank you for your ministry, mm-hmm. and thanks for sharing your story with us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Listeners, thank you, as always, for listening. Come back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 Podcast. 